0: So I was very sick for most of my adolescent years and was in a wheelchair and had multiple autoimmune diseases. But essentially, that's what got me into the world of integrative healing and reclaiming my health when doctors had told me, like, you'll be on painkillers for the rest of your life, your autoimmune diseases are reversible, you'll never be able to partake in any sports. I was like, great, I'm 21 and this is not how I want to spend the rest of my life.
1: This is Pete Moore at Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Jasmine Rahim here with me, who's a fellow Blender Workspace tenant in our Halo sector, Health, Active, Lifestyle, Outdoors. So Jasmine, welcome to the Halo Talks.
0: Hi, Pete. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be uh, collaborating here. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent.
1: So this is this hopefully will be the first of many collaborations. Um, What we're trying to do on on the show here is to, to really showcase entrepreneurs and founders who have have basically turned their passion into profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got a very interesting background and some personal things that have happened to you that you've you've had to figure out how to uh, medicate mm-hmm. uh, and 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 healing. And I, I guess that that kind of formed the basis for helping other people now. So maybe take our listeners through your personal background and some of the uh, parts on the journey that were not health and wellness related mm-hmm. uh, to to where you are today.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, it's been definitely, journey is the right word for it. <laughs> I um, started in a very different space. I work at a magazine in the fashion industry. And yeah, it was my dream job, What I at least at that time. And it was right after university and... I really loved this job and I thought this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And then six months into the job, I found myself with more sleepless nights than I can count. And I could have probably played the lead role in Walking Dead <laughs> at that point. It was just, you were um, just
1: working, you just became a workaholic.
0: Just, yeah, just working all the time and um, sort of uh, in that industry and with that job because it was a highly sought after job. The fine print was well. If you don't perform, we have a hundred people waiting in line to take your position right well, now. And what
1: was the actual role that you had? Uh, was I was
0: that? at a as an editor, as an editor um, at a fashion magazine. So it, it was kind of like I often say, like the devil wears Prada is not so much an exaggeration because. It's really it can be a very hostile environment. I've seen that movie four times. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit. Um, so, <laughs> it's so, a
1: good one. so, so yeah. So, so six months of sleepless nights, nice and and then what was like the the straw that broke the camel's back to say, I don't have to be part of this yeah. industry, and I take care of myself.
0: It was I honestly, like it was I had an awakening, and not sort of like the spiritual <laughs> woo voodoo type of awakening, but it was one of those nights where I was just. I was beyond exhausted, got home, was really tired, and all I wanted to do was sleep, and I took three sleeping pills. Now, not if anybody was thinking uh, this was not a poor attempt in suicide, but rather really desperate for sleep. And uh, what happened was I did not sleep for a second, even though those type of sleeping pills would knock out a basketball player. So the next day I handed in my leave notice, and decided this is not how I want to feel about my passion and my work life and career, and said I'm gonna start something completely different, and um, eventually ended up studying nutrition and building my own practice, and...
1: um, Where were you living at this point?
0: Uh, That was back in Germany. That was back in Germany, and then I moved from... uh, That was in Munich, actually, specifically in Munich. Then I moved to L.A. uh, almost five years ago, and, uh, yeah, and have been doing this work uh, and feel very lucky and honored to be able to do that. Now, now you
1: come from a family of of doctors. Did they, when you went into the fashion industry, did they try and pull you into the health or medical field or no so go?
0: my well my mother is a lawyer so not doctor but my father is a doctor so and then like from my grandmother's side and like man like both uh, Czech and Indian side ancestors there but there were no pressure whatsoever to go into the medical space nor into the law space <laughs> it was it was clear that that wasn't really at that moment my desire or
1: so did you go into the nutrition side because of the, the stress of the of the fashion? Like what, what else were you considering? Did you just say like, okay, this has been my passion. I'm going to take care of myself and then I'm going to train others so they, they can live a healthier lifestyle.
0: So, yeah, I mean, for me kind of going into the fashion industry was after I actually had another <laughs> kind of uh, healing uh, journey. So I was very sick for most of my adolescent years and was in a wheelchair and had multiple autoimmune diseases which is a story that is probably too long for this podcast but essentially that's what initially got me into the world of integrative healing and reclaiming my health when doctors had told me like you'll be on painkillers for the rest of your life your autoimmune diseases are reversible you'll never be able to partake in any sports I was like great I'm 21 and this is not how I want to spend the rest of my life so I took matters into my own hand and went on this journey to reclaiming my health however I never saw it as a profession for me it was like okay I did this for myself and like it's not my profession when I had that awakening moment uh, when I was still in fashion industry I was like oh maybe this is my calling and this is what I should be doing but it was At the moment when I had healed myself, it was, like, the furthest thing that I wanted to engage with. Like, I, like, had to put so much work into, like, healing myself and had spent so much time in, like, a medical environment due to my condition that I wanted to be as far as possible from away from it. Not realizing that this is the obvious tale of, like, you know, your greatest pain becomes your greatest gift, right? Sure, sure. That takes some time. Or at least it took me some time to recognize that. <laughs> so,
1: so, so you're in L.A., you've got your certificate from the Integrative Nutrition. That too, uh, and yes. Then, and then what did you do? Did you start up your own practice and build that client by client?
0: Yeah, it was really client by client. I have to say I was very lucky and blessed with my clients. They were all uh, very kind in referring me to new clients. And I hadn't done a really good job at like marketing myself actually i have not marketed my, myself at all in that time it was just really a referral based business but it worked for me
1: well it's, uh, a lot of people that are uh, you know sole practitioners you know it, it's really hard to scale your business exactly we're, we're invested with uh, as i mentioned with with kerry glassman nutritious life so it used to be called kerry glassman's nutritious life and now it's Nutritious life, you know, by Carrie Glassman yeah. to try and turn it into an organization and and a brand that lives on its own. So, so talk about uh, moving nutrition. How you came up with that? What the goal is of, of saying of being able to detach yourself or thinking about scaling your business?
0: Yeah. So, I as you mentioned, like it's it's definitely as a sole practitioner, like it's hard to scale, and like you have X amount of hours in a day and can see X amount of people. And yet my goal is actually to help more people than like just being one person. And I think just making that knowledge accessible for people, even like for people that when I know like I had to find out so many things myself and it took a lot. My healing path took much longer than it probably could have taken if I had more access to people like me doing this work and like you know having the support system and 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 the knowledge that is applicable to my specific case so moving nutrition is kind of based on that idea of like building a business and a company that supports individuals as well as corporations in like their health and well-being endeavors and like from an educational standpoint making that sort of not as a product that, that you buy, but rather like an educational product. So, you know, you get the skills and knowledge to navigate whatever curveballs life will throw you because life will throw you curveballs inevitably. <laughs> sure, sure.
1: So you've gone from uh, doing the equivalent of personal training one-on-one, and uh, now it's almost like the equivalent of nutritional and, and informational group exercise. Uh, so turn that one-on-one into a workshop. Uh, going after a lot of corporations that are obviously trying to get their employee base healthier, more educated, more productive. Maybe that's a differentiator for them as a company where they say, look, we're actually you know, working with Moving Nutrition and that's a, a employee perk. So talk about what you provide to those types of companies and, and what people say about
0: it. Yeah. So I do these uh, workshops called Decoding Wellness and it's um, a specific of number of employees that just engage in this workshop series where I take them through you know, the different aspects of like, how to create a framework and implement a framework in your life that helps you to excel at work as well as in your personal life because the lines between that is are we are on our devices all the time so they're quite blurred. And I think that's also something that's very necessary in our hyper-connected world to like just have a new narrative of like how do I actually unplug and take care of myself and uh, what are sort of like mental and emotional and physical tools and tricks that I can incorporate on a daily to excel at work. And um, I think it's a win-win situation for both sides. You know, some people can say, oh, this is like, you know, just HR looking to make their company more attractive, but at the end of the day, if your employees feel good, uh, they'll perform well, and they're also more happier in the workplace. I mean, studies have proven that over and over again. So I think it's really important, and I think it's important, especially in a city that's as ambitious as New York, to learn how to crush work without crushing yourself. Nice,
1: I like like that tagline. So is it a workshop? Is it a standalone? Do they have access to content? Do they have access to you? Mm-hmm. How does the retainer work for a corporation?
0: So there's the talks that I give, which are standalones, and then there's the workshops, which are like following up on each other. So people really go from the first workshop to the second workshop, and like each workshop covers a different area and like a different principle and you create sort of accountability we have a seven-day challenge after that where i very much emphasize on including the leaders as well because i think that's really the important piece to like you are as a leader you have responsibility and that's what leadership means so including you you lead by example right like so that's really an important piece for me even though a lot of leaders are first like oh no i'll just let my employees do that but yeah, so we have the workshop, and it's like every each workshop covers a different area, from like just simple things to digestion, nutrition, to you know uh, mental health, emotional health, empathy at the workplace. You know, how do we deal with that, and like can we address difficult topics? Feel safe in the workplace. Like that's a very important piece um, that they've been researching a lot. Like people often don't feel safe in the workspace, which causes their cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, naturally just rise the moment they enter the office. So I think that's something that we need to shift to. So that's that's what I aim it's for in the workshops. And um, yeah, and like the goal is with eventually build a company and like train a lot of people to do this type of work that I'm doing. And um, yeah, and have a global movement movement and moving nutrition movement of changing sort of the workspace.
1: Great. So let's shift gears and talk about you as an entrepreneur starting up this company. A number of our listeners are at consulting firms, banking firms saying, or fashion industry editors saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I want to do what Jasmine's doing. So what advice do you have to them and how do you, how do you define your success?
0: Well, I think success is a definition that is very personal, right? Like, uh, who do you compare yourself with, right? That's also, it's always a point of reference that you take. But speaking of wellness, I think it's an achieving ever higher potential, right? That's the idea of wellness in its original phase. And I think that speaks to success for me, too. So, like, you reach a certain milestone and then you build up on that and then you build up on it. so... But yeah, um, starting off, I have to say it takes a lot of courage for me, a healthy dose of naivety, naivety because I did not know what I was signing up for. And I would say there's I guess there's two types of people like I was the one who actually just went cold turkey and like from being employed, have a safety net to like no safety net and like starting from scratch. But I think there's ways of doing that a little bit with more of a cushioning and, like, you know, keeping maybe a side job and then eventually building your business on the side. It is, though, I would say it requires a lot of mental space and, like, you have to see and assess, like, can I do this, can I do two things at the same time and like build a passion project? And like, I think passion projects usually require your entire mental space and all your energy and creativity. And that was the case for me. Like I'm a all or nothing person. So I just had to go in there that way. But that being said, I think, you know, if you have kids, if you have, you know, a scenario that doesn't allow for that, I would say just, you know, build slowly and like, you know, whatever hours you can commit commit to it.
1: So how do you create the mental space to think about where you want to take the business and like spend time? I, I have issues sometimes I'm saying like, okay, here's my hundred emails I'm going to respond to today. Here's like the five projects I'm working on. And, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night by the time I stop and say like, okay, what do I strategically want to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And am I actually going to do that? Or am I going to do the same thing I did yesterday? So how do you think about that as a entrepreneur running your own business and, and saying okay i've got these tasks but i've also got this vision and i've got to figure out how to implement those cuz there's a lot of people listening who i think prioritizing what you want to do today versus what other people want you to do today is probably one of the biggest issues in starting up a early stage company
0: i can very much empathize with that i think it's a constant like internal assessment that we have to go through and evaluating Am I just, you know, putting out fires and like, you know, am I running to like emergency cases or am I doing, you know, some of that obviously is part of a uh, daily life, but like how much of the work that I do is important work? And like by important work, I mean, is that the work that's feeding the grander vision, right? And like to bring it back to like, you know, maybe a nutrition example, like you can have a meal that is sustaining and nourishing for you know, long periods of a day, or you can do go for something that's instant gratification, right? Like have that cookie. And like, I'm not dogmatic in any sense. I'm just, you know, as a as a metaphor for it, I think that's, that's a good point to just like really assess like, oh, am I only putting out fires 90% of the time? Then maybe I need to readjust and see if I can, you know, put a little bit more into like doing important work and then just daily irons. But yeah, I think it's a, It's a, I, I have not mastered it myself. <laughs> well, I
1: think it's a, I somebody said, I don't know how I'm doing so far. I'm like, well, just put the word progress. Yeah. And you have to assess your own progress and it's usually brick by brick.
0: Yeah, so. I very much relate to that. I actually love uh, walking around in New York and seeing the sign saying work in progress and I'm always like, yep, that's me, that's there me. There you <laughs> go, there
1: you go. So, just on a more macro level, just related to food companies and processed sugar, and going to a convenience store and seeing all the garbage that still, you know, has the front shelf space. What's going to be the tipping point? Like when? When is there something that happens, or how are we going to change that? It seems like the, you know the Kit Kats and the Milky Ways are still front and center. Like what? Where do we get to the point where that becomes? there's no demand for that product how do we get there
0: well i think there will always be a demand for this product because you're
1: gratis yeah and like we right? as
0: humans we're just hardwired to like you know even like just from an evolutionary standpoint like we gravitate to sweet tastes because sweet tastes signal our bodies oh this is safe to eat right so and that's kind of like just you know from that standpoint but with that being said, I think it's not so much about like eliminating those things. It's rather like how do we approach them and like what kind of mindset are we in? Are, do we have the knowledge accessible and like really accessible in a sense of like I know I'm eating this and I'm not like eating my emotions. I'm actually eating this because I really enjoy this in this moment and this is not my, you know, main meal of the day. So I think that's one piece. And I think another person, like just from a personal observation of like not being from the U.S., I think what I've seen is really much like a dissolution of like family and family connection and tissue and connective tissue through that. And I was very lucky to grow up in a family where we would have dinner, cooked, home-cooked dinner every single night. Like even though my mom was working crazy hours like she made a point everybody sits at the dinner table and shares a meal together and I think when we start you know remembering that instead of like putting kids in front of a tv or computer these days uh, laptop ipad whatever it is I think that's the that's where we need to start like with the children and with the next generation and like seeing like how do we educate them in schools and get them in touch with like real food instead of just that and seeing treats as what they are treats.
1: Got it. That's great. That's great. So, well, um, any, anything else you want to share with our our listener base? Things that you've learned? Um, takeaways?
0: Wow. What I've learned. I've learned a lot. It's I, been... I always
1: say uh, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. Yes. So I tell people uh, I have a lot. The reason why you should work with me is because I've seen that before. I probably lost money doing it, and I'm going to try and avoid you from making <laughs> that yeah. same mistake. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, that's really like... I. I think we're, I really like what you say about the work in progress. I think we're a work in progress, and I think it's, it's just, I think it's important for us to be maybe sometimes a little bit more human and a little bit more forgiving, and that creates the space to, you know, create something new, whatever that is on your path. <laughs> great. Well,
1: thanks for, uh, for being on. It's great to hear your story. Uh, wish you uh, continued success, and hopefully we can help build upon what you're, what you're building.
0: Okay, thank you so much for having me, Peter. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to more soon.
1: Excellent.